It's been a while since you heard from me last. And as I will share more about later in this episode, we've been busy building the concrete solution of what we've been communicating around here. How to increase our ability and desire to learn, grow and adapt. And we've actually started another company around this, an edtech startup called Align. But in this new year, 2022, which we're actually calling 2020U, we are back with the podcast and knowledge sharing in combination with our app to drive us towards the future of work and lifelong learning. I can recommend you visiting our new Instagram page, align.better, where we've been sharing a lot of information and insights in the beginning of this year under the theme of 2020U. We have been breaking down our dreams and aspirations into actionable objectives. And tied to these objectives, we have created learning needs, activities, and habits. We've explored productivity in the form of tiny habits and also dug into cognitive optimization and collaboration. And we will be diving deeper into all these subjects throughout the year in this podcast. So we're looking forward to continuing this journey with you. But first, if you don't mind me spending a few minutes on setting the scene for this new season and the work and our mission. We'll start off with a historical perspective and then dive a little bit deeper into the context we're in today with rapid technological change and increasing complexity. This is the pitch for what we're calling the social advantage. We hope you want to join us in creating this future. Welcome to the Learnability Podcast, where it's our mission to explore the future of work and lifelong learning to accelerate professional and personal development. My name is Innocent Mugenga, and when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the CEO of an edtech startup called Align. We've built a platform to help you validate your informal learning and achieve your objectives and learning needs in a community of peers and mentors on a similar journey. You can download and try out the app at alignbetter.com. That's align spelled A-L-I-N-E better.com. At its core, the cognitive mechanisms of learning has remained the same throughout the history of time. But as the fabric of society and context of living changes, so do the requirements and tools for obtaining the necessary skills to survive and thrive. We've evolved from the hunters and gatherers who roamed the earth 12,000 years ago, learning from emulation and life and death situations. This learning is directly tied to survival and isolated to a specific tribe. As the homo sapien brain expanded, the capacity to communicate developed, as did the ability to collaborate and share learnings in the form of wondrous tales and enlightening writings. In a similar way, my two-year-old nephew Jaden has just transitioned from the first phase of learning how to navigate the world through emulating what he sees around him, to learning through communication and conceptualization. Anyways, Going back to our ancestors, survival rates slowly increased due to this knowledge sharing, and with that, so did the Earth population. 
The rise and fall of kingdoms and communities allowed for the experimentation of creating thriving and sustainable societal structures. And the insights of the successes and failures of these attempts spread across the globe. Amid this chaos, a group of individuals emerge from ancient Greece, awarded the luxury of deliberating and expressing ideas about the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and existence. The Socratic philosophers, an early version of knowledge workers. Can you think of an even earlier group of knowledge workers? Or another group that was active around the same time? If you're thinking about priests right now, I would say they're more, they were more of belief workers. Hit us up if you think of a group of knowledge workers active in these times. If we fast forward through the second agricultural revolution, which further expanded the global population and later led us to the first industrial revolution. With this disruption of society's fabric also came the demands of producing producers of the products that we now saw the need to consume en masse. We needed to create workers, so came the necessity to institutionalize education through a formal educational system. Fueled by the notion of constant growth, we optimized this process over hundreds of years. Eventually, we reached a period where we can produce more from less and once again potentially free human beings from their narrow roles of producers and consumers of goods, and instead allow time for finding meaningful contributions to society in alignment with individual pursuits of fulfillment. There are theories about a future need to implement something like a universal basic income, UBI, or citizen's income to compensate for automation and other workforce-disrupting innovations. And I'm not going to argue the merits for this type of system or if it would be feasible or not, but I just want to get at one argument against this. So a key argument against a strategy like this equates having a job with intrinsic motivation, identity, and purpose. While we ask, what if it's not the job in itself that fulfills the individual? Instead, it's the actual contribution they can make to society. Data shows that working hours have been cut in half since the beginning of the industrial age. From 3,000 hours annually, meaning 60 to 70 hours each week, for 50 weeks per year. The technological advancements which resulted from this evolution have now ushered in the information age, with an estimated 1 billion knowledge workers to date, which is 30% of the world's working age population. A new era changes the expression of professions in an ever-accelerated way. The need for tools to support and develop our cognitive and emotional abilities have never been more pressing. So, let's utilize the conversion of increasing online educational content production, artificial intelligence and machine learning, wearables, voice technology, and digital communities to make sense of all of these activities, make knowledge out of data, and ultimately quantify our lifelong learning. From the social networks, an innovation that brought us together from all over the world, a catalyst for community, to now facing the social dilemma, the wedge between us, 
exposing harmful habits that develop when we're too engrossed in the lives portrayed in social media, the political instability that arises, and concerns about data collection for commercial purposes. We suggest it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. And instead, we see that these very tools could create the social advantage which features a social knowledge network. So, the background is what we previously mentioned about the growing reliance on knowledge work, a need for accelerated learning, at the same time as we're spending increased amounts of time in the digital sphere. The average internet user spends 6 hours and 42 minutes online per day, with 2 hours and 22 minutes spent solely on social media. Society is becoming more aware of the adverse effects this can have on our lives, mental health and livelihood. Over a year ago, a Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma brought this realization into the mainstream. You might have seen it already, as a project by Tristan Harris, the star of the movie, and his team over at the Center for Humane Technology achieved unprecedented milestones, a whooping 38 million people around the globe watched this documentary in the first 28 days after the release. If you haven't watched it, I can recommend it. The movie features designers, engineers and executives who invented social media and then quit when they realized the existential threats to civilization. After watching it, many people removed notifications from their phones or deleted their social media accounts entirely. What calms my nerves is seeing what I determine to be logical factors for this social media behavior. And I believe the sooner the fact that it doesn't make sense begins to make sense, the sooner we can start to find sustainable solutions. Meaning, it's only after you identify the underlying factors for a system failure that you can begin to repair or replace the system if necessary. We can borrow some useful framing from the Nobel Prize laureate Daniel Kahneman, who taught us about two systems that moderate our thinking. System 1 thinking is a fast, automatic and reactive process. System 2 thinking is conscious decision making, a slower, deliberate and intentional process involving more reasoning. So all the times that you've realized that you've unintentionally been scrolling your phone for more time than you wish, that action was triggered by your system one process that wanted to reduce your daily cognitive load with some mindless scrolling. Social media platforms and outlets have built a business model around engaging our system one thinking by appealing to our irrational nature. Every buzz, ding and red bubble causes an automatic response from us. At Align, which I'll tell you more about in just a minute, we're figuring out how to engage our system to reflective thinking in our information consumption and ultimately, to some degree, slowing down the internet or our consumption of it to speed up personal and professional development. And listening to this, you might be thinking, well, I want my system to engage all the time. And I just want to throw in that this is more or less physically impossible. The reason why we operate with our system one thinking the majority of the time is because of our body's need to save energy. Our system two deliberate thinking takes uh, too much energy to be our main operating system. So we rely on system one. But there is a possibility of intentionally activating our system two 
to influence our reactive system one. So using our system two to better set the scene for system one. What if we used 50% of our current social media usage, just over one hour per day, to invest in learning? Reading, listening, writing, stopping and thinking have a long list of benefits. It's proven that only six minutes of reading can reduce stress by 68%. What can one hour do to our brains and professional development if we invest it into learning? And even better, collaborate with our peers on this learning journey. We can see that the rate of evolution compared to the technological advances we've made in the past 100 years is not in alignment with each other. It's not surprising that we experience tension when learning how to navigate this new space. We should consider ourselves being in our infancy when it comes to our digital being. When you compare the evolution of or lack of development in education, you realize how far we have to go. It's not that we lack the tools or technology, we just haven't learned how to harness it to create the social advantage. Assuming people want to act in accordance with what's good for themselves, but that this can be hard due to external stimuli and fleeting motivation, we should focus on providing the tools and contexts needed to, to design the type of behaviors that will get them closer to the goals and where they can make a meaningful contribution to society. How do we want the world to look when we've overcome the hype of artificial intelligence? And this technology is as ubiquitous as the internet itself. The need for continuous re- and upskilling of our workforce has never been more pressing than in these increasingly complex and evolving times. Our best solution is engaging each individual in lifelong learning. But this can seem quite daunting and intangible unless it's broken down to meaning learning something relevant daily and bringing the social aspect into this for accountability, motivation and collaboration. There are benefits to be had in each corner of society and the World Economic Forum has discovered that closing the global skills gap could add another $11.5 trillion to the global GDP by 2028. The first intelligence quotient, or IQ test, was invented in 1905 by Alfred Binet to measure how well one performed on cognitive tests compared to others. In 1996, the emotional intelligence quotient, or EQ, was popularized as a method to calculate one's awareness of how emotions can drive our behaviors and impact other people, both positively and negatively and learn how to manage those emotions, both our own and others. We see that it's time for us to introduce a new type of quotient that reflects navigating in our current problem space. We call this the learnability quotient, LQ for short. A dynamic score that illustrates an individual's ability and desire to learn, grow and adapt. Social knowledge networks have the potential of being an excellent space for this type of behavior, as the social context is a crucial contributor to accelerating individual learning, and is an environment that is adept at capturing data regarding interests and offers a personalized experience. The journey, however, needs to be controlled and decided by the learner, with guidance from the platform, not solely determined by algorithms 
where the user is blind to why they have such behaviors. It's time that we rethink our social networking and the incentives that drive our usage of it. There is an opportunity staring right at us and it entails us turning this networking into a utility that can have a net positive effect on our lives. We're speaking about unleashing the social knowledge network of the future, free from all the vanity metrics and populated with learners, professionals, creators and thought leaders, all working together to learn and share. During the era of slavery in America, there grew a movement among the country's displaced and disadvantaged individuals. This movement went under the title of Each One, Teach One. It was a call for anyone with a knowledge or skills such as reading, writing or mathematics to teach somebody in need, so that this group, in the future, would receive access to the same opportunities as their literate counterparts. With these technological advances we've described, we now have the opportunity to launch a new version of this movement, but this time with the title Each One, Teach One, Hundred, a scalable solution of providing micro-mentorship and making education more accessible and equitable for all. And that's what we call the social advantage. Harnessing the technological advances society has made to drive positive and productive online activity centered around learning and improving the individual's life. Okay, so let me finally describe Align a little bit closer. So what we're building is a platform that will help you in the first case identify and clarify your goals and aspirations, turning these into concrete objectives and learning needs, which is a framework that we have developed and will be sharing more about in the future. And by starting your learning journey here, by clearly determining what you're trying to achieve in life and determining the knowledge acquisition needed to reach these objectives, we are then able to support you on this journey. And supporting you on this journey means providing a personalized learning journey, personalized in the form of preferred content types, matching your learning style and lifestyle, recommending the right content at the right time, both for your short-term needs and long-term aspirations. And of course, connecting you in a community and network of peers and mentors on a similar journey or just a few steps ahead. And all of this productive information consumption, learning, knowledge acquisition, applying this knowledge will ultimately be tested and validated through our platform. So now we finally have a method for validating informal learning and quantifying our lifelong learning, utilizing more of the internet for productive work and progressing with our inner development as well as professional development, increasing our performance at whatever challenges and tasks we take on, and creating further opportunities for ourselves by showcasing our skills, competencies and abilities. And we are highly learner-centric in our development efforts at Align, which we believe gives us a unique position in the market when it comes to corporate training. So starting with the individuals in this organization and optimizing each node in the network which creates the organization. With this position, we can enhance the learning culture by placing the individual at the center 
of the organizational development and tying inner development and professional development to business needs and metrics. All of this allowing us to capture more learning and learn better together in the flow of work and life. Thank you for tuning in today. And if you're a listener from before, thank you for coming back to the Learnability Podcast. And if you're a new listener, welcome. And I'm looking forward to continuing this journey with you. In this season, you can expect further exploration from the latest learning science. We will continue exploring entrepreneurship and the entrepreneurial journey. We'll talk about professional development as well as inner development sustainable development, and the future of work and education. Stay tuned. You've been listening to the Learnability Podcast, which is produced by Align. It's our mission to create equitable learning opportunities for all. So if you find this episode helpful, Don't forget to share it with a friend. You can download and try out the Align app at alignbetter.com. That's align spelled A-L-I-N-E, better.com.